Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's too, there's too much on Josh Allen. I, I, I think the offense is too Josh-centric, and I know he's the best player, but it's too much like, hey, Josh, go out there and make it happen. Like, go out there, run around, and make a play. You know, I feel like that is such the Bills offense. When are we going to make it easier on him? Hey there, and welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by Nick Woten. It's the Bills Wire podcast. We're powered by the USA Today Network, and we'll be here weekly throughout the season. So subscribe and check in with us, especially after a game like Monday night. Nick, how the hell are you? That's just got Buffalo Bills written all over it the way this one uh, started. Yeah, unfortunately, and uh, same old for me. I'm the one that's always saying every offseason, you know, that they're going to lose a game that you don't expect them to lose. You know, uh, the, the one that always comes to mind is the Jaguars. But same thing in the division, too. It's so hard to, to sweep a division in the NFL. And, um, you know, uh, same old. I'm always afraid of the Patriots because of years of scarring. And you tell me I'm wrong, and it's someone else. And it always is someone else. And it's been the Jets again. Very 2020 of me. It was the Jets, not the Patriots, that, that nipped the Bills in the uh, – in the old uh, AFC East, uh, plenty of football to go, but yeah, not not the way that we were envisioning uh, week one to start. No, not at all. We were both uh, high on the Bills, and but you're right, MetLife Stadium is becoming a kind of a house of horrors for the Bills. <laughs> they don't like playing in that building. They do, they do not like playing against that defense. Uh, the defense has Josh Allen's numbers uh, for sure lately. And speaking of Josh, I'm sure he loved the postgame presser, Nick, where he was just getting peppered with questions about all his turnovers. I'm sure he loved that. <laughs> he loves that topic of conversation, but here's Who just it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, here's just a quick snippet though of how it went post game. Josh, the four turnovers um, was that something they did, or is that just you maybe forcing the ball, trying to force the ball in a little bit? Yeah, trying to force the ball. Um, <sighs> yeah, same, sh- same place, different day. Same bleep, different day. Jo- Josh Allen just sounds like. He just he can't believe it, Nick. He's just like, oh God, it's just the same stuff over and over. And isn't that the experience of the Bills fan? <laughs> it's the same team, same old crap. Like on paper, we all know the Bills are a Super Bowl contender when you just look at the roster and the quarterback and the coaches and all that. They're they're a Super Bowl contender, but it's the same old team every time we try to talk ourselves that it's gonna be different. It's just not. And we always have a handful of games every single season, just like this one. We saw them last year too against the Jets, against the Vikings, right? Uh, you brought up the one against the Jaguars a couple of years ago. Like, There's always a handful of games like this one where the only possible way the Bills lose it is if they literally can't get out of their own way and shoot themselves in the foot. And in Monday night was another example of it where Zach Wilson and the Jets cannot move mm-hmm. the football in offense, but the Bills can't get out of their own way, and they literally just let the Jets waltz back in and take it at the end. It's got to be... It's got to be so frustrating as, as a Bills fan to keep reliving this over and over. Nothing ever changes with this team. Yeah, and it starts with Allen. Um, at, at this point, it's just empty words, him saying that he's going to learn or I have to learn. You know, it's been three years, brother. Um, you know, uh, we're all dumb and go back to our exes and do stuff we say we're not going to do. But, like, 
come on, man, you're going to pay a lot of money. It's time to time to learn to um, to, to not do that. Uh, and yeah, like you said, I mean, the, the granite, you know, Zach Wilson, he's said his struggles and the game plan was completely not tailored to him at all. Um, I think it's easy to see that there are differences in the way that Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers play quarterback. Um, so yeah. maybe he'll get a little bit better, but, but yeah, maybe he'll get a little bit better, but um you know, the, they couldn't do anything. I mean, the, the Bills' run defense has its leaks. Um, you know, uh, I, the funniest thing, I think, that one of the funniest things of many funny things I always bring up about Bills fans on this podcast, which is, you know, great for me to do, um, you know, they're, we'll hear that, like, oh, their run defense isn't bad other than those two runs. Like, my man, like, that that 90-yard run makes a difference. Like, that's the difference between a good run team and a bad run team is not allowing that 90-yard run to the to the goal line. But anyways, um, aside from those runs from, you know, Brees Hall, um, good for him coming back at, after a serious injury and playing well. But, um, I mean, what did Zach Wilson do? He had a couple screen passes. He had a couple 15-yard passes that were all screen passes, which basically, again, were, were either Brees Hall or, or Dalvin Cook. And, yeah, the Bills just, you know, is kind of one of those don't mess it up, don't do that, Josh, and we'll win, and they did it, and he did it, and that's why we're 0-1. Oh, that's totally it. Uh, that's the worst. That's the part that's the toughest to stomach about the loss is that the Bills are either they're just too set in their ways or they they just can't figure it out. out there, you know what I mean, Nick? There's just something missing there. They're, we've talked about it. Was Is it situational football that they just – the awareness thing – like the awareness rating that you see on Madden are, are theirs just so low that they, they just can't figure it out out there. It's like it's one of those games where literally if you just finish the second half with no turnovers, just vanilla, call it, play it safe, whatever. Don't worry about putting 30 points on the board. You don't need it because there's no way Zach Wilson and that Jets offense is going to do anything against you. Right. They just yet. Yeah, you're right. Tackling Brees Hall was a little tough. Even on the short gains he had, it seemed like he broke yeah. two or three tackles. Mm-hmm. But Troy Aikman nailed it on the broad- broadcast because he. He didn't say this, but I'm going to paraphrase. You got Bozo the Clown, Nathaniel Hackett out there. He was literally only brought to the Jets because Aaron Rodgers loves him. You got Nathaniel Hackett there, who's Aaron Rodgers' boy, and they're there to work Mm -hmm. together. And now Rodgers is gone, and Nathaniel Hackett, who just flamed out in Denver, is now calling plays for Zach Wilson. The Jets had nothing on offense. They had nothing. Mm -hmm. The Bills could have called it safe, let the the defense uh, dominate Nick, and instead, they do the one thing they can't do, and that's literally turn it over and give that awful Jets offense with Wilson short fields and easy points. And then all of a sudden, the game's close, and all of a sudden, the crowd's into it, and all of a sudden, here we go. And you can feel it coming. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Allen was hard on himself, rightfully so. Probably the most distracted and like disoriented during a game I've ever seen. Like, since when is Josh Allen like unable to let, you know, like let. Let us let it go and move on to the next play. Like it really seemed like Nick, he was affected by those interceptions. And I think he said in the in the post game, it, no, they were they, each one was separate and they didn't snowball. But it sure looked like it was snowballing on him. He it, he had multiple guys going up to him on the bench, telling him, "Hey, stay in it, stay in it." And he did. He had a look on his face where he was just like he was out of it, man. Mo- most distracted yep. I've seen him in a game. I, I honestly didn't even want to give a ton of credit to him, um, Allen. That is for for the Bills tying the game even late. Luckily, um, I mean, what a kick the off the up right there. <laughs> the that Bills experience tough. right there. It's just all Yeah, bills. that was a hell of a kick. Uh, but I, I didn't want to give him a lot of credit for that because I, I want to give Stefan Diggs the credit. I think there was four four plays and three of them went to Diggs and he got him up the field. Um, I want to give Diggs more of the credit there than I want to give Allen. So, 
Yeah. Um, it, it was, yeah. What a, what a, what a life, what a life. Just, uh, it, it just, you know, it's just so easy to say, so easy for us to say over here, just, you know, looking at it from the outside, uh, looking in and so much, like you said, uh, goes into coaching, uh, Ken Dorsey, whatnot, but man, it's, it's, a Monday morning quarterback, we see Dawson Knox running open over the middle of the field. All right, we can see that sitting in my, you know, at my desk here with Roscoe next to me. I can see that with the camera all the way zoomed back. I know it's different for Josh when there's a couple 300-pound guys running after you and your own 300-pound guys aren't that very good at stopping them. But, I mean, goodness, man, three times in a row, the same guy. <laughs> like, like, come on now. It's, it's hard to write that. The script writers in the NFL worked real hard this week. They did that, yeah. Especially the way they put that whole game together, the script writers, and they're on strike right now. The script writers, so that was made it even more. I know, impressive. I know. Uh, the scabs working out here, and they're still getting a nice script out. Seriously, uh, you mentioned Ken Dorsey. I'm glad you did, uh, and, and maybe it's because they just didn't want to run into that Jets defense. Maybe they were worried about the front seven. I mean, I guess that would make sense, but. Uh, how much blame should we be putting on the play calling and Dorsey, right? You're up seven points in that second half, Nick, after the Jets go down and would they score a field goal to open the second half, made it a seven-point game. Uh, but so first possession of the second half for the Bills, now it's 13-6, to six, eight plays. Josh Allen drops back six times out of those eight plays. One of them results in a sack, the other a drive-ending interception. Your next possession was a three and out. Your only run play there was that end around with Deontay Hardy on first down. So no handoffs on that one. You punt third possession, another eight play drive. You had five dropbacks. One of them a sack, another interception. It's like I'm coming around on this. I think it's too. There's too much on Josh Allen. I, I, I think the offense is too Josh centric and I know he's the best player, but it's too much like, hey, Josh, go out there and make it happen. Like go out there, run around and make a play. You know, I feel like that is such the Bills offense. When are we going to make it easier on him? When are we going to find some like, I kind of like the Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox stuff, the two tight end stuff. We haven't seen a lot of tight end stuff like that with the Bills in the past. Maybe try to get him some easy throws and, and easy stuff. Take advantage of what the Jets are doing. Make some adjustments. The second half, where were the adjustments? We're throwing it into the teeth of that defense and letting their pass rush go to work. It was weird, man. Like I, I questioned the, the play calling there. It's not all on Josh Allen because... They're drop back passing more often than not. And James Cook, he looked pretty good out there. He only got 12 rushes. Like, Mm -hmm. can we run the ball more? Like, I don't know. That was kind of baffling to me. The fact that they kept playing into the Jets defense strength. They kept going back to the pass when Diggs was really the only thing that was working. And and he's going against Sauce Gardner half the time. It was tough to it was it was tough to figure out what the plan was there. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, I'm still going to put some of the blame on Allen, too. But I think too, you know, if eh, if you don't, if you're not going to go with the run game, at least make your pass game a bit of a run game. Quick, quick screen, yes. quick throw, make something happen. Keep them honest a little bit. I suppose we weren't really doing that. To your point, Ryan. I mean, I, I do put some blame on Allen for, you know, I, I mean, some of these just the throw that the. the you have touchdowns. To. What what yeah. what are you, what are you doing? Expect like the first one or two where it was just the two safeties where they looked like the receivers. <laughs> Diggs is trying to play defensive back when the ball is probably halfway down the field. He's like, uh oh, <laughs> this ain't gonna end well. But um, yeah, I make it make it a bit easier on the uh, on the guy a bit, uh, Ken Dorsey. But uh, again, you know, Allen's the one that's making it harder on himself, and I think Ken Dorsey is making it hard on him. 
you brought up Steph Diggs earlier, and he's a guy that's caught a little bit of heat, I think, right? Uh, because it was a little weird after the way last year ended, the offseason. He kind of skips some workouts. You know, he's not around the team as much. And you're wondering, you know, what's going on with that relationship. Diggs was like the leader. He was, he was, he was the guy, right? I mean, 13 targets, 10 catches, going against some of the best coverage guys in the league. And so, so Diggs gets 13 targets. Your, your next wide receiver gets four, Gabe Davis. It's all Steph Diggs. We talked about this, the personnel, Nick, right? Like, yep. are they going to bring someone else in? Can they go get a DeAndre Hopkins? Like, can they figure it out? I know they're resetting the books or whatever Brandon Bean told us, but uh, I think this kind of this kind of game illustrates they need a, they need something else. Diggs and Josh Allen they need more help. They need some like Gabe Davis was kind of disappointing. Like, we where's the number two? Who's the number two target in the offense? It's good. It's just the same uh, thing. It's the same thing over and over. And they could. I really feel like this is highlighting that conversation, right? They could use another a number two option opposite Diggs, and I think that was telling in this game. I did think, though, to to I don't I don't I guess uh, maybe a bad time to to use the term to their credit, but <laughs> to the Bills' credit, um, I did think I did it. I did like how the tight ends got involved, but the one thing I was watching when I was seeing these tight ends, and you know, I I think Dalton Kincaid. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I know he didn't get 40 yards because I bet on him to get 40 yards. And I was like, oh, 26. how are you getting 4 I'm looking yeah, at the box 20, score. I 26. thought it was 29, 26. Yeah. Um, but uh, so this was maybe the gambler in me who was pissed off about this. But um, <laughs> there were, uh, it seemed like every time that him or Knox, Kincaid or Knox, the DK brothers, somebody said that. And I thought that was pretty clever. I was like, why didn't I, th- I'm a writer and I didn't think of that all summer. I'm like, come on, Nick. Um, but uh, they, they, they're, they're, their run after the catch, their their yards after the catch had to be null and void nothing. I mean, where are these guys going down the seam? Where are they, you know, it seemed like they just caught the ball and went, went right down. And, yeah. I, and I, th- I thought there was going to be, I liked how they got the tight ends involved in this first time seeing 12 personnel out there. Um, but again, uh, kind of what you're saying to, to Ryan is, is the big plays just weren't there. It was either Stefan Diggs, big play or big play wasn't there. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, a perennial number two guy comes in. They make those big plays as well. Yep. We were missing that guy and we were missing. I thought the Bills could have tried to go to the run game just the way with Aaron Rodgers out. They could have tried to go to the run game. Damian Harris was not part of this game plan. I don't know if he got hurt or, or what, Nick. I don't know if you know that at all. I have no idea. But he got yeah, one Yeah, I was carry. actually very surprised by that, and I dropped him to my fantasy team this morning or yesterday you. because I was like, uh, okay, he had one carry for three yards, and he did have a couple catches, sure. But um, I was like, isn't this guy supposed to be the number two? And it was Latavius Murray that was much was more than yep. the number two. I, I was very surprised by that, yeah. And, and I... I uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I again am a little. Uh, I don't know. I, I, this run game. This whole, like I said, the run game. Get some short passes out there. Get something. I don't know if James Cook can can really be that full season guy. He gets, and I, I like you said, he did pretty good. He did look pretty good for his first game. I was I was I even surprised so. by that. But at the same time, I'm like, man, he's not. He's. I think he's got to be the smallest running back in the league. Um, I mean, 
other than our old friend Devin Singletary. He's got to be one of the smallest running backs in the league. He does not look like, you know, Derrick Henry will say. Catch <laughs> my drift there. He does not look like he's going to be able to carry the load. So what, what does this mean for Allen and taking something off his plate? Oh, wait, you can't. Yeah, and it just, again, it's the, the personnel piece. I mean, Jordan Whitehead for the Jets have more has more catches than and Gabe Davis from Josh Allen. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I saw I saw somebody tweet that. Uh, uh, God, I, I I can't remember who it was. Sorry, whoever was out there. It was it was some main national media pundit or something <laughs> said something like Josh Allen is determined to get Jordan Whitehead to 100 yards receiving today. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like oh god. <laughs> oh, it was painful, man. And just yeah, it, again playing into that Jets defense's strength, they cover well and they rush the passer well. And it's just like we're gonna. We're going to keep doing that thing, but I think the the Jets defense is definitely in the Bills' head a little bit. They're, they definitely are, uh, at least Josh's head. He's panicking out there a little bit, um, going back to that hero ball stuff, as you said. But, okay, they did pull it together and at least overcome those turnovers enough to get to overtime. Overtime's not a good thing, though, uh, for the Bills with Josh Allen, right? He's now 0-5, including playoffs in the overtime, Nick, so that's... Hell of a stat, too, because uh, I'll bring this up. Um, like, Tyler Bass is, like, 5 of 5 on his, like, game-winning or game-overtime kicks. Yeah. He's, like, perfect. And, like, Allen is just, like, the overtime is, is not nice to him. He hates <laughs> it's overtime. Very thing. He hates overtime. Yeah. Uh, but they get there, uh, and they go 3 and out, which sucked, uh, obviously, when you win the toss in overtime. Uh, but what do you think about the punt? And we talk about this again. It comes back to like Bills doing Bills stuff late in games, situational stuff. How do you, how does Sam Martin just boot that ball, line drive right down the middle? Nice returnable kick for, for Xavier Gibson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Even if they called that, you know, would be tripping penalty that they called, they talked about on the broadcast or whatever. It, it, or even if they had the edge blocked up a little bit better, which they didn't because the sideline was wide open. He was going to gain a ton of yards no matter what on that punt. He, he uh, there was just room daylight all over the place. So whatever that punt placement, the punt coverage, terrible situational special teams football right there, and it was just disaster. Had it had it written all over it as soon as Gibson caught the ball. Yeah, I don't know what was worse, the the kicker like his pretending like, I mean, perfect form for two hand touch football and with your boys in the park, but good. Good Lord, Sam Martin. Like, could you give any less of an effort to tackle the guy? Oh, my God. Alone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the I was like, dear God. And I made a joke about uh, Mac Jones doing the same thing like the, earlier on Sunday um, when he threw an interception at some point early on in that game against the Eagles. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just not great coverage. There was there's a good video on my, my shameless uh, plug of Bill's Wire. Uh, Manuel Acho was was breaking down. Um, uh, th- that would happen on that play. Uh, you know, he kind of prefaced it with, I was not a, uh, an MVP in the NFL, so I had to play a lot of special teams. Uh, so I, I appreciated that. So I posted it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it went through like the kick was terrible. The coverage was terrible. The gunners went down the field. And according to his thought, it was like, you know, you got to force him when you're the gunner, you know, you're, 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 you're not just only looking to go down there and tackle. You're looking to go down there and force him into the rest of your teammates. And it just like went from bad to worse really quickly on that one. And uh, yeah, yeah, um, that was that was brutal. The, the special teams for the Bills, they was having problems in, in the preseason too. So this is not a new problem here either for the Bills. Um, I don't know who, the, are they going to, is McDermott going to fire another coordinator? I, I 
You know, it was Leslie Frazier's fault that couldn't stop the run. <laughs> it was, jeez, uh, what was wasn't Danny Crossman, was it? Was that the one they fired before? They fired their one. At the, remember the Tyler Bass kickoff against the yep. Chiefs? They fired the yep, special yep, teams yep, coordinator yep. on that one. I guess, you know, just fire the coordinator, and that'll solve the problem. But apparently it doesn't, um, and they need to figure out something on special teams. Um, you know, they had the had issues with the, you know, I, I know McDermott deserves his credit for some of the coaching he does, but sometimes it's, you know, penalties come in and other things come in. And, yeah, that was just uh, woof. Yeah. And, and of course, speaking of Ken Dorsey, I, I don't know what that three and out was to start overtime. It was like, I was actually kind of happy. I was like, oh, there we go. The Bills won a coin toss in the overtime. Good for them. <laughs> that was new. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there we go. And then I just went downhill from there. So, uh, yeah, I, I know. What, what what else can you say about that, that kick? They didn't cover it right. They didn't they didn't do anything right. Not in there. It was bad. And and again, like Sean McDermott can fire everyone he wants. And I, his defense was fine. And him calling the defensive plays was fine. And, and that all looks like it's working. But are you too dialed into your your next series, Sean McDermott, on defense coming up against the Jets that you're not fully dialed into the situation of that punt and where the punt placement is going and who you're kicking it to and the area of the field that you're in? Because a field goal loses the game, and we all know the Jets were probably going to try to kick a field goal because they have Zach Wilson in there at quarterback. And yeah, it's just like that's those situations. That's my biggest criticism with Sean McDermott. I think he's a great coach, but the Bills always seem to screw up these situations and just kicking a line drive kick right down the middle of the field. And again, like you said, with your coverage, not setting the edge or doing anything right, (laughs) just leaving the sideline wide open for an electric kick returner is just. It's hard to defend, and I, I you got to think that fans are fuming about this stuff. But uh, yeah, it's and you know McDermott, he, he's on top of these sort of things too. It's just I I don't know. He's not. He, they say sometimes you know, and I'm not I'm not starting the train here to fire Sean McDermott or anything like that. I'm just saying that you know sometimes the message goes stale because McDermott is very meticulous about these things. Sam Martin is, I think, the first hunter they've had at least in a while but there is a thing i always would like kind of you know me and my you know me i'm i'm I'm, i can't go very long without making a cheeky comment about the bills (laughs) and um it was like always a a a, a shock to me that they have sam martin because he's a righty and sean mcdermott was so meticulous about wanting a left-footed puncher because sincerely the thought is that the ball spins differently so these returners are like a little bit thrown off by it when it's a lefty and the Bills only had lefty kickers for like um, a while. Like they, they were really trying to push. That's, you know, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. It was Matt Arizo, a righty or lefty, but I mean, he had the bomb of a leg. But anyways, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I remember they just kept cutting and bringing back Colton Schmidt because he was like a right-footed kicker. And the kickers just kept stinking or whatever or getting hurt. And yeah, so he, he puts in, he puts in these, these you know, these little details, Sean McDermott. But I, I you know, I don't think his... I don't think his message is getting stale. I'm not trying to say that, but you know, it makes you, it makes you wonder because this guy is definitely like very meticulous about a lot of things. He was probably in the post game meetings with his coaches, being like, "If we only had a freaking left footed kicker, this wouldn't have been a problem." You know, <laughs> guarantee that was exactly what he said. <laughs> All right, real quick before we move on to the bounce back game, the get right game for the Bills against the uh, Raiders, where there are huge favorites in the home opener. Uh, the Jets have lost Aaron Rodgers for the season. He blew his Achilles. Now, there could be a conspiracy theory out there. I'm, I'm actually going to try to start one that Aaron Rodgers actually snipped his own Achilles off before the game, Nick. So it was already unhinged Probably, because yeah. he, we all know he didn't want to play behind that offensive line. 
he was worried about that. So I think he just snipped it himself and said, "Now I'll take my money. Goodbye." That was uh, a bad offensive line too. Yeah, I, the Bills pass rush looked good, but you got to you got to win those um, battles, and yeah. uh, they did. They did to their credit. Yeah. All right. Well, the bounce back game is against the Las Vegas Raiders, and we're going to get into that game here coming up next. But first, uh, some fantasy advice. I'm sure Nick, you and I could could definitely use all the help we can get with the fantasy teams after that ridiculous week one. Tough one. Tough week one for fantasy. Uh, so thank God we yeah, have Cor- Burrow did not do me any favors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that going on. So uh, thankfully, we have Corey Bodini to help us out from the huddle.com. Here's his advice for week two. And we'll be right back. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number two. Quarterback Anthony Richardson, Indianapolis Colts at Houston Texans. While the Texans held Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson to practically nothing both aerially and on the ground last week, Baltimore found success rushing the ball, which is something we're not convinced you'll see from Indy this week. Richardson should be the team's leading rusher, and he has a strong chance of scoring at least one touchdown with his legs. Passing-wise, however, it's fair to be leery of the rookie's maturation in only his second game, but all he needs is something around 230 passing yards and a touchdown strike to augment his rushing success for a quarterback one finish. Running back Jamal Williams, New Orleans Saints at Carolina Panthers. In week one, no defense gave up more fantasy football success to running backs than Carolina, a unit that was only mediocre at slowing the position last year. On Sunday, the Saints had a tough rushing matchup versus Tennessee, and Williams' numbers suffered as a result. He is poised to produce at least 100 combined yards and one touchdown against a defense that permitted 177 total yards and a trio scores to Atlanta running backs last weekend. Wide receiver Elijah Moore, Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh Steelers. Moore tied Amari Cooper with seven targets last week, suggesting the former New York Jet has a real chance of blossoming in this offense. Pittsburgh gave up two scores to Brandon Ayuk last week, and this was the fifth weakest unit at slowing the position in PPR scoring. At a minimum, Moore should be treated as a quality flex play, especially in PPR. Tight end Cole Komet, Chicago Bears at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Komet was good for a modest line of 9.4 PPR points on his five catches for 44 yards in Week 1 versus Green Bay. Tampa has struggled at times in the last few years of containing the position, including in Week one when this unit surrendered a league-high 11 catches, although for just 67 yards. Volume rarely is part of Komet's game, so consider him a little bit volatile, but he still has tight end one upside if you're in a situation to gamble. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back, and the Bills, Nick, are nine-point favorites at home against the Raiders in their home opener. Uh, so one thing that would, I guess, maybe worry me about this one is that while the Bills don't lose all that often in the regular season, they have been a team, at least in recent years, that have they they have they tend to let one bad loss carry over. It's like they don't quite get over it right away. Like you could think last year they lost last year they lost to the Jets at MetLife Stadium in week nine. Then they followed it up with that disaster at home against the Vikings. So I guess that's what mm-hmm. I'm hoping here. I'm hoping that they don't let this game snowball and that they they don't let one become two, like Josh Allen said after the game. Uh, but they have in the past, so I'm hoping that they can just bounce back and, and get it right, get it right here against the Raiders. But you know, history tells us maybe that's not always going to happen with them. This spread, the biggest spread to open up the week, um, the Raiders did just win on the road in Week One. Like, did the the, did the bookies not know that? Am I missing something? They just, I mean, yeah, it was the Broncos, and the Broncos still don't look that great. But it's a big spread, nine points. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. 
Listen, I think the Bills can get it done. I'm not saying that, but that's I like that big spread for the Raiders, if I'm being honest, Ryan. That, that looks good to me. I think it's going to be definitely a closer game, um, especially like Jimmy G. I think he, he got taken off the field really early in that game last week and then um, then hopped back in there and uh, got the job done. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that because it's the home opener, I think that adds a different element to it in terms of laying another stinker in a row in, in, in a row. Um, Cause it's, it's kind of like a national holiday and Buffalo is, is the home opener and anyone going or anyone who's gone to one would, would, would probably agree that, you know, that the home opener in Buffalo is just, just quite the electric experience and that's going to be tough for anyone. So I'm, I'm not as worried yet about the bills laying another stinker in a row. I know Mr. Optimistic Nick for once. I'm, I got to be throwing like you this, off with that. I like this, Nick. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Really you must be just like mind blown right now that I'm that I'm doing this. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I'm 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 liking the I'm I'm liking that spread for the Raiders, but I'm liking the Bills to you know to 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 make something happen here. Yeah, I agree with that commentary. I think the Bills win the game, but I don't know if they win it by nine um, or ten plus. That's a tough ask because I don't think the Raiders are a juggernaut by any means, but they're they do have an excellent pass rush themselves so they can they can get pressure as well uh they got some weapons mainly mainly i guess Devonte adams right uh jimmy g tends to keep his he, he tends to win in the regular season nick he actually has a pretty good regular season record he has a good career record as a starter overall it's kind of like mind yeah he's all he's overlooked a bit he's yeah. overlooked i think maybe it's because he's so handsome like people don't want to give him more credit <laughs> than he already like gets naturally definitely handsome there's no question about yeah, that. Yeah, very handsome guy. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'll give him that. <laughs> but the Raiders are a team where they were six and eleven last year, but only two of their losses were by more than a touchdown. They were a team that was in the, the in a lot of games, and one of those games that they lost by more than a touchdown was in Week 18 against the Chiefs. You could probably throw that one out because I'm not sure once you're out of the playoffs what you know what's going on Week 18 for you. So the Raiders are a team to hang around. So yeah, spread wise, I I'm in, inclined to lean towards the Raiders. I just think nine points is a lot. Uh, but I don't think the Bills lose this ball game. So yeah, I think the Bills win. I I do think they get to one and one and get right here. But I, you know, is it going to be a gorgeous afternoon of football for the Bills? I don't know. Based on what we saw last week, I think that's hard to predict. Another thing that I don't think has changed with the Bills experience, Nick, is Josh Allen taking a beating. Some of it self, you know, his own decisions. Like some of the biggest shots he took on Monday night were his own. He was like, "Hey, come, come, give me a good lick, you know. Like, come hit me, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I remember the one where he did the Superman dive when he was like six yards from the sticks. It was like, okay, Josh. Like, Aikman kept saying it too. Like, man, Josh Allen's out there. Uh, he definitely took some big hits in this game. So that thing is another thing that hasn't changed with the Bills that we would like to see maybe." him take a few less of those shots. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough this week with that. Like you see, you tease there, that Raiders defensive front and uh, Spencer Brown still existing. So <laughs> that's that's yeah. another problem that we haven't really gotten into. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. the offensive Crosby, line is not yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Mitch Morse played bad uh, at center and then uh, Spencer Brown's on the right. Cyrus Torrance, man, first NFL start. <laughs> You're playing between those two guys last week. Woof. Does your opinion about the state of the AFC East, the race in the AFC East, does any of that change now with Aaron Rodgers out, Zach Wilson in? So basically it's the Jets of last last season um, and then the Dolphins uh, and the Patriots. Anything change in the AFC East? Is it more open now? What do you think? Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 
I mean, the Dolphins did look pretty pretty good. Um, four was it four hundred something yards? I two ahead. I mean, good yeah, God, who thanks. who who thought that was going to happen? Well, Brandon um, Staley is like, we're going to do what we do. We're going to cover Tyreek Hill man on man. It's like, uh huh. We'll see what Belichick does this week against Tyreek. Yeah. you know. But yeah, Brandon Staley over there with the Chargers. We could we could talk. We could do a whole separate episode on how stupid he is. Never mind how stupid yeah. the Bills are half the time. But go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I I wouldn't say it's too. I still, I still have the Bills as my front runner, even with Aaron Rodgers there. I, I thought all along that it was going to take time for him to, to kind of get on the same page with his guys and everything. And then on top of that, I, I still cannot get over the fact that they just like brought over all his homies from Green Bay when he like complained about them for <laughs> three years. They're all lost <laughs> now. It's like Lazard, Cobb, Nathaniel yeah. Hackett. All these guys are like, well, yeah. what do we do now? Yeah, yeah. They're like, wait, wait a second. You were supposed to be here. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm more, I'm more more thinking along the same lines. I think it's still the Bills division to lose, even though they technically are in last place right now. So it hasn't really changed a ton for me at this point. You ever been to a Bills opener, Nick? I actually have. I went to a Bills Patriots uh, opener in Buffalo uh, when uh, Tom Brady was still playing for the Pats back then. It was like 80 degree day. Uh, it was gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous weather. And it was a lot of fun out there. And I think the Patriots ended up winning by like a field goal. It was a close game. Uh, you ever been to a Bills opener? Been to many Bills openers before. I, before I one time had season tickets for one year, um, I was a uh, I, I, I staunch go to the go to the opener every year because that's you know uh, even you know dating back to pre Josh Allen, you know there's still the hope in the air. <laughs> that really just was you know senseless hope when Tom Brady was still in the division. Um, but yeah, there's hope in the air. It's beautiful out. The weather's always good. Um, very rarely is it like a bad day. Uh, the sun always seems to shine in the, the bills home opener. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's quite the experience. It is, it is. There's just something extra in the air that day. All right. Well, with the bills coming off a Monday night game, this is obviously a short week for them as well. Um, which is also makes it a short week for the bills wire crew too. Right. So what do you guys what are you guys working on Fast and Furious right now in this game? What should we we be looking out for on the site? Oh, just you know, your usual the old the old storylines are going to be out there and all that good stuff. And uh, I bet we're going to have a lot of. I would stay tuned personally for the uh, a lot of quotes that we'll be having this week. Because I think after dissecting that film, the Bills are going to have plenty to say. We'll have all those latest uh, latest quotes for you on on uh, what's being said over at One Bills Drive. Yeah, the the Wednesday presser day. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure Josh can't wait. I sh- I'm sure he cannot wait to get out that podium again and he- hear all the yeah. same questions again. Hey, Josh, why do you keep throwing interceptions? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guarantee he's looking forward to that. He's just like, guys, I'm not trying to. I just can't help myself. You know, it's like, yeah. well, I don't know how he answers the question. but Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> same crap, different day, says Josh Allen. Well, hopefully uh, with a little bit more colorful language, but hopefully uh, they get it right here. Against the Raiders, uh, for Dick Wotan, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Enjoy the game. We'll be back next week to break that one down as well. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you all then. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.